When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's dark. It's nighttime in a forest in West Africa. Ah, there's a vehicle arriving. A group of people are waiting for a very special delivery. Here it is. Is it? They've got a box. Okay, let's take a look. A tiny chimpanzee has just arrived at her new home. She's very hungry. She was sucking my thing over there. The place is called Takugama. Right now, so in front of us we've got a sort of a cardboard box uh, and inside is the baby chimpanzee. That's Dubliner Paul Glynn. And Rosa, the, one of the vets, is having a look at her and picking her up now. Chimpanzees like this one are the reason why he keeps coming back to Takugama in Sierra Leone, one of the poorest countries in the world. He doesn't sound very good. He's very hot. I think she has fever. And uh, breathing is not good. Paul has written a book about one particular chimpanzee, the one responsible for this sanctuary being here, a chimpanzee called Bruno. She's very quiet. That's what I thought. It's exhausting. Oh, baby, what happened to you? The staff at the sanctuary are worried about the new arrival. That means the mummy has been killed, huh? Do you guys know much about the circumstances? So probably the mum has been killed either for bushmeat or because of human-wildlife conflict. Um, yeah, so she had a very bad start to the life. In this part of the world, people still hunt chimpanzees for their meat. When a mother is killed, her baby may be sold as a pet or abandoned like this little one. This is one of the reasons why chimpanzees have become an endangered species. It'll be like probably the mother was caught or shot. Then the baby hasn't got any meat value. It's so small, so cute. So even the hunter will not feel like killing the baby. This is Bala Amara Sekaran. Some tribes um, they are still hunting and eating monkeys. And chimps can be part of their diet. Although Bala is originally from Sri Lanka, he's lived most of his life in Sierra Leone. And even though he's an accountant by trade, he spent most of his life caring for orphaned chimpanzees. So will she be kept by herself for the moment? Yeah, she will have to spend, if everything goes well, three months quarantine without mixing with any other chimpanzee. All right. So let's go and take her to her new... It's because of Bala and the chimp called Bruno that all orphaned chimps in Sierra Leone have somewhere to live out their lives in peace. The Takugama Sanctuary has become a driving force for conservation in Sierra Leone. So most of our work now is about finding uh, protected areas, finding rich habitats for chimps and other wildlife, and finding ways and means to protect them. Chimpanzees share more than 98% of our genetic blueprint. But because of deforestation and hunting, their numbers in the wild are falling fast. If you've ever been to Dublin Zoo, you'll already have encountered chimps from Sierra Leone. 
Two chimps called Wendy and Betty arrived in 1964 and their descendants still live in the zoo. Sierra Leone is a country about the same size as the Republic of Ireland and is home to about six million people. It's on the West African coast. It's tropical with beautiful beaches and rainforest, but very few tourists. That's not surprising given its history of civil war and the recent Ebola outbreak. The capital of Sierra Leone is Freetown. Irishman Paul Glynn knows it really well. Before Sierra Leone was a country, Freetown was a settlement of free slaves. Um, they came uh, originally from Nova Scotia um, and as part of the British abolitionist project was to resettle freed slaves from Britain and then later from North America um, in West Africa and sort of give them a homeland. So the Creole people um, of Sierra Leone are descendant of those freed slaves and they're one of the major ethnic groups. He's a documentary filmmaker and has spent a lot of time in West Africa. Colonialism and the Creole tradition in Freetown uh, has sort of kept, made it a real hub for Christianity. And one particular story keeps bringing him back here. When I was in a bar in Freetown, I heard someone telling a story about a chimp sighting somewhere in the bush up country, a woman washing clothes and a huge hairy figure washing her from the bush. And the man who was telling this story, his companion, joked and said, oh, it must be Bruno. And that was when I suddenly realised that Bruno was a sort of an urban legend. He was a Bigfoot figure. He was this shadowy presence in the bush that people talked about in bars in Freetown. And that moment touched a nerve, and I said, I've got to find out more about this. Freetown is where Paul heard the name of Bruno the Chimp come up again and again. We're standing in the shade of the cotton tree right now, which is the, it's the dead centre of, of Freetown. It's the city's biggest landmark, and uh, it's a good place to, from which to just take a stroll uh, on, on the surrounding streets and, and see what people have to say about Bruno. Bruno has become something of a legend in Sierra Leone. His image even appears on each citizen's passport. Bala, the man who rescued Bruno, is also well known. I'm fine. Do you remember Bruno? Well, the last time I, I heard about Bruno, they said Bruno was lost. So I don't know if they find Bruno or not. This is a busy place with a lot going on. I know about Bruno, that big, big, big baboon. Oh, I know it. Oh, Bruno is dead. He's dead. I saw it with my own eyes. Everybody has something to say about Bruno. They said that Bruno escaped the cage. He broke the cage and went away. Some say he was shot and eaten. It was shot down and so people got their chap chap it. Some people eat it at meat. They ate it. Or that he's still out there in the jungle. He went uh, in the jungle. It was the last time I heard they say Bruno is alive. Bruno's story is consistently connected to the Takugama chimpanzee sanctuary about an hour's drive outside of Freetown. And you can see a nice view here. Uh, you can see all the houses blanketing the hills. Um, it's really picturesque. It's one of the things that's special about Freetown is it's one of the few cities in Africa where the mountains come down and meet the sea and it makes it a very atmospheric place. As you drive out of Freetown, the city follows you up into the hills. New houses are replacing the forest. Another reason why the numbers of chimpanzees in Sierra Leone are declining at an alarming rate. Where Takugama lies now is essentially the front line between the growth of the city and the, the, the forest reserve itself where the chimpanzees live. Um, it wasn't always the case when the sanctuary was founded. 
it was right up in the forest and the city was much smaller. The sanctuary is part of a larger national park in the hills above the capital. The rainforest of the national park is also the source of the capital's clean drinking water. The story of Bruno is more than just a tale of man rescues chimp. What happened to Bruno and Bala has changed the way people think about conservation of the natural environment in a country blighted by poor development. Right, that's looking well. Paul Glynn is coming back to Takugama after two years away. It's quiet. The chimps obviously are chilling out. The Ebola crisis uh, meant people didn't travel to Sierra Leone. Oh, a little sign in front of us. Um, Paul was so taken by this place, he wrote a book called King Bruno about the relationship between his friend Bala and the chimp Bruno. Please ring the bell. All right, I'll give the bell a ring and see if anyone shows up. Hello, Mr. Glenn. Mr. Bala. Where is he? Ah, there's the man. How are you? How are you? It's good to see you. Good How to are see you? you? Doing Very well. Good, good, time. good. How are you? Sorry, I'm a bit, I'm a bit see, sweaty. See, Bruno is so powerful. What are the chances of getting to see Paul Glynn every one or two years? Yeah, that's the connection. He's excited to be back. In the forest and up close to the 76 chimpanzees living here. The story of Bruno and Bala began 28 years ago when Bala and his wife Sharmila were travelling in the country. Bruno was tied to a tree in a small village and uh, this is where that was the first encounter. So when I went and saw him, I think I can still remember his eyes. You know, he has lost all hope and uh, it doesn't been too long since they killed his mother and brought him to that village. So they're happy to sell this chimp. And uh, I really, really didn't have a clue what I was doing. We basically, my wife was also with me. So we both decided then, okay, well, okay, if they want some money, we pay. We paid $30 for the chimp and uh, we basically bought the chimp. This was back in the late 1980s when chimpanzees were regularly killed for their meat. The practice then was to sell the orphaned babies as pets. We thought, well, it's destiny, I think. We, we, we were there on that spot and we decided to rescue him. We thought uh, we are saving this chimp. I mean, now we talk to everybody and we tell people that don't buy a chimp because it will only encourage the trade. But you know, at that time, we didn't know this. But we made a mistake. But, but we corrected the mistake by doing something more for the chimps. That's why we built a sanctuary for them. The mistake is that while baby chimps might make great pets, when they grow up, they become dangerous. A full-grown chimp is five times stronger than a human. And they are, after all, wild animals. The sanctuary rescues chimps of all ages when they've been abandoned. Many of them have been badly mistreated. These days, most of them come in as babies. Paul knows most of the chimps here by name. Uh, when you uh, arrive at Takigama, the first thing you see on your left as you come here, there's a clinic and there's a quarantine area. And this is where the baby chimps are kept for 90 days um, after they arrive uh, to check them for disease, to vaccinate them, to nurse them up to health. The sanctuary is a series of compounds and enclosures, fenced off from the forest park, but there's enough of it to help the chimps experience their natural environment. 
Um, there's plenty of stimulus. There's a pond for them to play in. Um, and the chimps are also supposed to bond there and, and form a, a group and sort of solidify themselves because they will be introduced into the forest enclosures as a group. Um, and it's important that the chimps all get along. One thing chimps are famous for is their skill with using tools and their ability to learn. Yeah, the place is always noisy simply because they are forever cracking palm nuts and here we give them that opportunity. So if you look in the enclosure everywhere, you've got a cracking table kind of these big stones and uh, we have also created like termite mounts within the enclosures where we put some honey and stuff inside so they can actually, uh, we can encourage tool use because they will, you see them, you can see the termite mound all around it. You have a lot of twigs and sticks. So this is what they take to poke through the holes and get something from in there. You can also see some of the younger ones that have been rescued. They sit and learn, they look at them. That's what they would actually learn from their mothers. Same way here you can see like the, the small infant that came into the sanctuary yesterday. She's three months old. She couldn't have learned anything from her mother. But there are chimps that are very advanced in terms of tool use and also this little one will learn from them. That little chimp, the one who arrived in a cardboard box, is being cared for, like all the babies, by a woman called Mama Posse. She's the primary carer for all the new arrivals at the sanctuary. Okay, okay, be good. Good. Okay, it's for me. Yeah, okay, okay. I know that you're hungry. Okay, okay. She's changing the baby's nappy and giving her a bath. After the bath, a bottle. Yesterday, last night she came, she was weak, but this morning she's... Later, Mama Posse will take her in the sun to warm her up. Okay, okay, be good. This baby chimp still doesn't have a name. The staff need to be sure she'll survive before she gets one. Bruno got his name on a very particular day. That was the night of the uh, legendary heavyweight boxing championship fight between Frank Bruno and Mike Tyson. And Frank Bruno was the, considered the underdog in this fight. And Bala, who's described himself as a man who always roots for the underdog, named Bruno in honour of Frank Bruno, who was fighting that night. We thought we could keep him probably in an outdoor cage or something like that. But then... You know, we were living in the middle of town and we had neighbours, so he quickly realised that all what he has to do is you put him in the cage and he will scream so loud, the neighbour will call me in five minutes. The next thing is you go open the cage, get him out, get him into the house, and he's happy. He doesn't make any noise. He's going around making... <laughs> that means thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's the chimp, basically. He understood, like, okay, from the cage to the house, then we had this little basket next to our bed where he would sleep in the basket. But then he quickly realized the bed is more comfortable. Then he will slowly creep in when we have gone to bed. When we are fast asleep, you see him in the morning, he's already on the bed. As word got out that, that Bala was interested in the welfare of chimpanzees, people maybe who were leaving Sierra Leone and who didn't know what to do with their chimp, started to bring them to their house and so that was how Bruno's um, oldest and closest friend uh, Julie uh, came to be introduced. Julie I believe was followed by Philip, Charlie, Augusta until there were uh, seven chimpanzees living in the, the back garden of uh, Balan Shermilla's house. 
this impromptu sanctuary in the family home clearly wasn't suitable. One solution was for Bala to take the growing family of chimps out to the forest in a car to get a bit of exercise. Initially with Bruno, then with Bruno and Julie, and there have been times, uh, you know, I was crazy enough to come with five chimps in the car sometimes, and uh, uh, all sorts of stories used to go around sometimes. When I'm going back, Bruno will demand to sit on my lap. By then he was big, he was like eight years, nine years old. So when he sits on my lap when I'm driving, uh, he's, he can totally cover me. So it's like I have to put my uh, neck on the left or right to see the road. And not too long after that, we heard this story that uh, Bruno the chimp, he can drive the car because they don't, they don't get to see me. Even around the house, Bruno and the other chimps got up to all kinds of mischief. Now when you look back, you can laugh about it, but at that time, I don't think we were very happy. It was, uh, he knew he could flush on the toilet, but then he also realised that he can flush anything through there. So he will take your razor, he will take your toothbrush, your toothpaste, everything, he will chuck it in there and he will keep flushing to see if they, what happens to them. And he will switch on the lights all the time, he will put the television on uh, all the time. Uh, if he wants to sleep, he makes a nice bed with all the curtains. He will remove all the curtains, bring it down, make a nice big bed for him. Same thing Julie did, uh, like that. And Shamila has to really lock every jewellery, because Julie was fond of all the jewellery. So she will take the beads and she will take the earrings and chains are gone. They will take it to play. Uh, yeah, so they were very destructive. We had a litter and we had puppies there. And the puppies were missing, but we could still hear them barking. Then we realised that they were barking from the trees. Um, the chimps have taken the puppies from the mother and they've gone up the trees and they've built a nice nest and left the puppies there. And that's it. They thought they've done a nice thing. But that's what an, a chimp would do, sleep in the nest with the infant. Uh, yeah, then we have to hire a couple of people to go up the tree and bring the puppies down. By then, I think Bruno and Julie were telling us, look, we cannot be tamed and kept in the house. You need to do something more. Once a chimp gets to about the age of five, it's really too big and powerful to be kept in a domestic setting. Um, and so Bala began to inquire about what the options were. And then it was suggested that maybe a sanctuary in Sierra Leone was the most appropriate way forward. In 1995, Bala set up the Takugama Chimpanzee Sanctuary on just 100 acres of forest. He persuaded not only the government of Sierra Leone, but international donors to help out. Bruno's first night in the forest must have been a big adjustment. It was also tough on Bala, a night he can't forget. I can not only remember it, I can feel it. <laughs> And I can still hear him screaming and crying and crying because it's middle of nowhere in a forest. I and Shamila, we couldn't sleep that night because it's like, you know, dumping your children somewhere. That was the feeling. He became like our child, actually, because uh, when we got married, um, we said, uh, with Chimps coming into our life, we thought if we have a child, I don't think, you know, we would have really, really struggled. Plus, it's also too dangerous to have a baby in your house with four or five chimps roaming around. 
So we decided, okay, till we find a solution to this gym problem, we will not have. Uh, to the point, so it took us nearly 10 years. The moment the sanctuary was born, we had our first son. Bala and Sharmila now have three children and 76 chimps. Chimps who've been domesticated cannot be reintroduced to the wild. It just wouldn't work. They don't fear humans and their strength makes them dangerous. This made the first year in the sanctuary a difficult time, especially for Bruno and the older chimps. I think the first year was extremely difficult for the chimps. The smaller chimps, they came to the sanctuary, had the chance to go out because you could still handle them. They don't propose any threat to strangers, whereas Bruno and them are fully grown by then. Uh, so they ended up living in cages for a few years, and that was the most difficult time for them. The aim of the sanctuary is to allow the chimps to live as closely as possible to the way they would in the wild. Begging him for food, he won't give it. He won't give it. Watching this happen gives Bala obvious satisfaction. He still doesn't understand how to become an alpha male. You cannot be all brute and strength, and uh, you cannot. You need to build relationship. So this is what uh, uh, Bruno was good at. That um, he, as much as he showed his dominance, but at the same time he also tried to be kind. Bruno's name comes up a lot in conversations with Bala, even though Bruno is no longer here. There are wild chimps living in the forest around the sanctuary, and part of the work here is to protect them as well. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Paul. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Paul Glynn from Dublin is a filmmaker, passionate about wildlife. So he's delighted with the chance to join the forest rangers on patrol. When we, we do our patrolling, we stand and observe. We hear them playing, shouting and listening for their sounds. Early in the morning, we'll see them you know, try to feed. Then if we come again five in the evening, we'll see them, we'll hear from them. You know, as of now, they've gone so deep in the forest. So it's so difficult for us now to see them. This is a chance to see the beds, called nests, that wild chimps sleep in. Uh, um, this is the, the nest of our wild chimps. The rangers have a simple message for locals. Killing the chimps is very bad. You know, they have, they have their own kingdom. That is why we are patrolling in the forest. Wherever we see people trying to hunt, we'll catch them and we'll hand over them to the police or to the foresters. The recent Ebola crisis allowed for a pause, at least, in the slaughter of chimps for bushmeat. We go, we meet people, we talk to them, stop eating bushmeat, don't eat chimp meat, don't eat monkey. Bruno was about seven years old when the sanctuary opened. At that stage, he was becoming an adolescent and a very domesticated one at that. He said once that Bruno was... Um he said he was a city boy. You, you, gave, him a, you gave him a hat uh, at one point. He had trainers and he always pined for the, the good life, you know, watching TV and eating pizza. I think probably when he came here, this is what he probably missed. Mm. But I think um, with all the other chimps coming into his life and once he started forming relationships, I think that changed. Um, so I think probably, yes. The first one or two years, I think he had it very tough coming to... A, forested environment, but I think after he was given the opportunity to be a chimp, I think he enjoyed it, and he really enjoyed uh, being the leader of that whole group. 
Dr. Rosa Garriga, the sanctuary vet, has an update on the baby chimp, now in her third day at the sanctuary. Well, she's, um, she seems to, well, she's a very bright girl, and actually she, she's, been, she's been drinking. Uh, yesterday we put an IV line and, and gave some antibiotics because she has a heavy chest infection, probably aspiration pneumonia. Uh, but otherwise, uh, we need to wait for a few days to, you know, hope that she will get over this. But uh, she seems a strong girl, and um, and we hope for the best. In a country that has faced so many problems, from civil war to deadly disease, keeping a sanctuary like this going is not easy. Something that happened one Sunday ten years ago made it even more difficult. One of the staff, Willie Tucker remembers the day the chimps escaped. It was 2006, April 23rd. That was when that happened, on a Sunday. It all began when one chimp figured out how to break out of the den. That's quite a feat, considering not so long ago we believed that we were the only animals who used tools. You know, chimps are very clever in a way that they always observe what we do. They also want to practice it. They also want to try it. In fact, if you give the key to a chimp, he or she will be able to open the padlock. In spite of being the leader, the alpha male of the chimp group, Bruno wasn't the one who broke them out. We suspected uh, Judo to have been the the brain behind the whole thing, Judo. And he is a guy who was really very, very clever. We got him from a mechanic. So it's like he has been taught how to undo things in the garage. He and probably another chimp, they've been studying the locking mechanisms. So I think that time they decided to try their luck. So they managed to open the, break the padlock, remove the timber frame, came through the tunnel, and Momo was cleaning. And when he saw the chimps, he panicked. He basically left the door, ran through the sanctuary, screaming, the chimps were out. And I saw the guy came running, saying, Moses, Moses, the chimpanzees are out. That's Moses Kapia. He was also there. You had suddenly 31 chimps roaming all around the camp. And people were, the staff were running and taking cover here and there. Uh, It was very, very chaotic. I saw Bruno walking on two legs, so I back out. Um, Moses... And another staff, I think they decided to go and alert the nearby villages. So I think Moses said that he could see Bruno following him up to a certain point. Then I think he's a trained wildlife guard, so I think he wanted to stall Bruno, so he removed his shirt and left it there. And uh, I think by the time Bruno got distracted uh, with his shirt, smelling to see who was running or whatever. By then, he was able to find a a bush road to reach the village. Bruno had gone into attack mode. Territory is key to an alpha male. People in the local village were terrified. When it happened, it was reported that um, some people lost their life or a person lost his life or something. And um, to have, to conceive the idea that uh, um, a wild animal is uh, roaming around the forest, believe you me, you will not feel safe. Nearer to the sanctuary, things were about to get even worse. Soon after, I think there was this 
taxi, came up with a couple of guys. They were working for the American embassy. They came on this taxi with a local guide. They came and they were met by a big chimp on the road. They didn't have a clue. So they got panicked. The chimp, the big chimp was standing there and they were taking pictures, I think. Because of the huge size of the animal, everyone believes that this chimp was Bruno. So that probably made the chimp more angry because, you know, the big chimp trying to stand his ground and uh, you are still not scared to reverse the car. Maybe he thought they are not scared of him, so I think he went and started beating the bonnet of the, uh, the car. The guide lashed out and had three of his fingers bitten off. He got bitten when he wanted to throw punch at the chimp that did the attack at that point. So he had three of his fingers chopped off. A split decision made by the taxi driver proved to be fatal. The driver probably thought if he go to the sanctuary, maybe he will get some help. That was the tragedy because he went up to the sanctuary. He didn't realise there were 30 other chimps who were out and about. According to the staff, they heard someone screaming for help or something, but they, according to them, it didn't even last a minute. Then they didn't hear anything. It's only later when the police came in and when they started firing some shots in the air to disperse the rest of the chimps, I think they realised the taxi driver was killed. Bala and the eyewitnesses don't believe that Bruno was part of the mob of chimps who attacked the taxi driver, but they don't know for certain. Oh, that was a, a very, very difficult time for all of us because that's the last thing you want to see. Um, and yeah, but this is wildlife. Working with wildlife, there is always some danger. With the help of the police, the staff restored order and rounded up as many of the chimpanzees as they could. So then we started gathering them gradually up to the point we are 27 of them. We still have follow them out, Bruno included. And Bruno? Well, he simply vanished into the forest. It took some time for the local villagers to feel secure again. Any bush shake, <laughs> you are very much aware, conscious of your life, because you wouldn't like to lose your life to Babu. Yeah, you, can li- you would like to die, but not in the hands of uh, Bruno, because Bruno was was heavier than um, two or three uh, 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 um, giants put together. So he wouldn't like (laughs) to meet Bruno. (laughs) But relations are good now. The sanctuary even sponsors the local football team. What thrilled me was the fact that Bruno still lived on in people's imaginations. People still talked about him. There were tales of him stealing a phone and calling Bala from the bush. Uh, There were reports that he'd been hunted by the CIA. There was a story that uh, uh, an American millionaire had had tried to get some of his sperm so he could create a a population of sort of giant, super-intelligent chimpanzees. Uh, I loved the fact that he he sparked that uh, in Sierra Leone. Apart from the tall tales, the only real evidence to suggest Bruno may still be alive is a photograph taken by a camera trap from their field research project at the sanctuary. Scientist Dr Rosa explains. Basically, a camera trap you set up on a tree. It's infrared and uh, motion detection. So when anything passes by in front, it just uh, takes pictures. 
The image is disputed. There you go. This is Here comes the man. That's him. Especially by the staff at the sanctuary. And then the problem is the next one has that's, to... That's, yeah, 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 that's the one I remember seeing. Yeah, so we're, seeing, we're looking at a, a photograph from 2010, February 2010, of a very large male chimp. Is the photo really Bruno? Um, his head is at an angle to the camera in the first frame, and then in the second frame there's a narrow branch that's just kind of dividing his face. You can, you can see what he looks like, but it, it's not a clear view. But for me, it's different. It's like my son stood behind that stick. I will still tell you it's my son. Senior staff don't agree. The features are not shown of Bruno altogether. They might be similar, but then they are not the same. It's one thing that Willie, the camp supervisor, and Bala don't agree on. <laughs> well, he's the boss, and then he kept Bruno for so many years before ever he could start the sanctuary. So if he if could say it's Bruno, then... It's, he might be right. Rosa, by the way, hopes that Bruno has taken up with one of the wild female chimps that used to come to the sanctuary, but who disappeared the day Bruno left. Since that day in 2006, the sanctuary has worked hard to restore itself as a safe place for chimps and humans. The story of this chimp shows how important the work is. He was kept in a cage probably about a metre tall and he has lived there for probably five, six years in that little cage. And they were scared of him as he grew bigger so they didn't even have a chance to go and clean the cage. So by the time I was... At that time there was no sanctuary but someone told me about this chimp so I went there. Then when the sanctuary came into existence I went to rescue him. That one-metre cage was packed with so much of dirt because no one cleaned it. So the one-metre has reduced into half a metre and he could only lie down there. He couldn't even sit up in that pile. And that's the time we rescued Gori. That's him. Yeah, so that's what I said. I mean, when you stand here, for me, if I kind of go back and think where they came from, you know, that itself, I would say, that's that's our... Happy thoughts you can come away with, I think. Wherever he is, whatever happened to him, Bala says Bruno the Chimp lit a flame in him. Bala continues the work at the sanctuary, but his ambitions have grown. It's not enough to save orphaned and abandoned chimpanzees. He wants to protect all of them. Your conscience still tell you that you need to do more because there are still chimps being hunted out and their habitat being destroyed. Um, so I think the most important thing is to use these guys at Takugama as ambassadors for the five, 6,000 chimpanzees that are living freely in the wild. Um, so this is not it. This is more like a, a, this is what we started it for the whole program for, but then this has taken us further in terms of looking at the real issues and the real problems and the, the real conservation work we need to do. Although Bala was born in Sri Lanka, over the years he's become more committed to his adopted home, Sierra Leone. When Sierra Leone wanted to put the new, to develop the new biometric passport, 
and we worked behind the scenes and we put Bruno and Julie on the page. It's a wildlife theme on the new passport. And there are two pages dedicated to Takugama chimps, not just chimps. Oh, that's fantastic. So it shows that uh, you know, things can be achieved if you go the right way. As a naturalised Sierra Leonean, you now have a passport with a picture of yes, your first two exactly. chimps on the pages. That is it. That's and incredible. It, yes, that makes me very, very proud and happy. Wow. Lucky. As the baby chimp is growing stronger, Mama Posse takes another of the young ones, Lucky, into the forest and encourages her to climb trees. Lucky. I want her to get exercise in the forest. I put her. Okay. Okay. Don't be afraid. Okay. There's a long process of rehabilitation ahead for this baby chimp. When she's older, she'll join the others in the various enclosures in the sanctuary where she'll learn from them. Okay, okay. This way, this way, this way, this way. Lucky, 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 good girl. I'm singing for you now. Good lucky. The care of orphaned chimpanzees has come a long way in Sierra Leone. Compared to Bruno's chaotic early years, the chimps at Takugama now have a structured development plan. Lucky enjoys half an hour climbing the trees, but like all kids, when playtime is over, the chimp is not so happy to go home. And the baby chimp has been given a name. It seems that the staff think she'll survive. Her name is Matilda. For Paul Glynn, the story of Bruno the Chimp continues to fascinate. You know, uh, when I heard the Bruno story, it, it reminded me of The Call of the Wild and The Jungle Book and Tarzan and all these, these kind of classic stories of animals or people sort of being brought up in the wrong place and discovering their true selves. And that, that's what Bruno felt like. And Bruno's story is just something different. You're like, this is an animal who, who went back to where he belonged and kind of took back what was his and also left this unbelievable legacy. I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting here, we're looking out at a forest that has grown and, and been planted and nurtured as part of the sanctuary's work. All of this stuff came about um, out of like this chance meeting between a, an accountant and a, an orphan baby chimpanzee. So whether Bruno is still with us or not, um, he's inspired an awful lot of good people. And uh, well, I'd like to think he's still alive, though. And Bruno also continues to inspire Bala. You know, losing uh, chimps, they are not just chimps, they are like part of your family. So like losing Julie, losing Bruno, yeah, they leave a big mark in your life. Um, so oh, you need to learn to deal with these things or do something to honour them because they, they, this is what they would have wanted me to do. Whether Bruno the Chimp is still alive remains a mystery. But he has been the inspiration behind the creation of a safe place in the forest of Sierra Leone for chimpanzees to live in peace. There they are. You can see the dominant male gorilla. He's right in the canopy up there. Can you see it? There. Yeah. Who's that? That's Gorilla. He's the That's dominant gorilla. male here, yeah. Gori Gori! He's really big when you see him up close. He's huge. 
Uh, he's in the top of a very tall tree. He must be 150 feet off the ground, um, but looking pretty relaxed. This is very satisfying when you stand here and look at them. Imagine each and every individual here was probably tied to a tree or, you know, kind of cramped into a small cage uh, when we rescued them. Then they come here and they have this opportunity to be in this lush, beautiful forest uh, and they have a little area that they can call it. It's their own territory. Um, they have been given the opportunity to be chimps again. So I think that's the happiest thing for them and for us who are trying to do this for them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money on 